0: This is Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager, and Richard Woolsey from Stargate Atlantis. This is Vanessa Angel. This is Maris from okay. This is Christopher Heyerdahl. This is Clifton Collins Jr. This is Malley from Dollhouse. This is Alastair. And you're, you're just listening to the sweet and
1: tasty sounds of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Live long. I'm prospering. Bad feeling about this. Turn up turn away from the things
0: that I want to believe in. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interest. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? only try to realize the truth. There is no truth. We are at peace, always. You
1: are listening
2: to the Sci-Fi Dining Podcast. And now, from the end of the universe,
1: bringing you the latest in science fiction, movies, and television shows, here are your hosts. Hello? Uh, Dave, are you there? Yeah, mate, I'm here. You're here?
0: Now, now we are calling you into the future. What is it like tomorrow? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, tomorrow here is uh, overcast, raining, and uh, humid. So we have a lot to look forward to in the future, Miles. Great. Yeah, great. It's, another... it, it's, it's probably somewhat warmer here than it is there, though. That's the thing.
1: Probably, probably. Well, welcome mm. to the uh, Sci-Fi Diner podcast, episode 46 tonight. Can you believe we've done 46 episodes, Miles? It, it, it's gone by real fast. It just keeps rolling by week mm-hmm. after week, blurring all into one big, great Sci-Fi Diner episode. I mean, we need to stop eating here. That's it. I, I'm I'm not leaving, man. Yeah, you're not. You're not leaving. Mm. All right. Uh, with us tonight is David Gray from oh, all oh, many different types of podcasts that he does: the Aussie Geek Podcast, the Podcasters Emporium, Two Schooners. I don't know. Do you do any, do, you do anything else, Dave?
0: Oh well, I'm on this show. Well, yeah, that's true. You've been in so here much. twice. Oh, uh, me two episodes. I'm a regular now. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> 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 So,
1: uh, anyways, welcome back, Dave, to our show. Thank you. I'm, so.
0: I'm I'm actually quite stoked that I've been able to come because I just sort of threw it up on Twitter. I said, "Oh, we should do a review with Scott," and and uh, you know, you said, "Yeah, let's do it," and it was just sort of like that, and it was just really great.
1: Well, I knew I was going to see Avatar. We we've been kind of Miles and I have been kind of talking about Avatar for such a long time in the show, and and uh, so the fact that we were able to see it and. Uh, and that when you said that, like, oh, let's bring them all. We want to review it anyways. And it'll be a good time just to kind of chat about Avatar and kind of reminisce of what we saw.
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, great
1: idea. It'll be great. Uh, anyways, the menu tonight is simply Avatar in the show. There's not a lot else that we're going to be talking about. I do have a few show note, uh, notes that I want to give, I guess, show news, not notes, that we, I guess, are notes too, uh, that we want to give you. And that is that we have David Allen Mack that'll be joining us in two weeks for an interview and miles you know a lot more about this guy than i do
2: yes uh, if anybody is a reader of the star trek uh, novels uh, which i am uh, for the last 20 years a devotee, uh, a devotee. um uh, he he has a new uh, star trek novel out uh, the, the newest one the vanguard
1: series very cool and uh so if you want to and we'll be giving away a copy of this latest novel on that show when we interview him that's so true that'll be a it'll be part of our trivia for that So, but if you do have any questions for him, let us know. You can email them to us at the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at gmail.com or call us at 1-888-508-4343 or Twitter us at the Sci-Fi Diner and all those ways will get those questions to us and we'll go from there. Um, As we mentioned in our last podcast, we are looking for topics for a Sci-Fi Diner retrospective where we're going to be looking at past TV shows that have come and gone and Maybe they're five, ten years years ago since they last aired. But what shows kind of stick around as being the ones that are memorable? I know you have a couple there, Miles.
2: Yes, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Sliders. And uh, um, not not a devotee of the X-Files, but I do appreciate the X-Files and its contribution to sci-fi.
1: Yeah, and so there's a lot that we have to talk about regarding that. And one last thing, uh, trivia as we mentioned, we'll be back next week. But one last thing is... We are looking for your, fi- your your sci-fi five and five, and what we're looking for are your five favorite movies or television shows, or five worst sci-fi uh, movies or television shows of 2009, or the decade if they want. Right, Miles? Yes, that'll work. And Dave, actually, I didn't mention this to you earlier, but we might actually ask you to do your top sci-fi five movies or television God, shows of the decade.
0: You're going to put me on the spot with that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do that at the very end of the show. So. Uh, We'll, we'll sure. bring you in to talk about
0: I, I don't know if I'll have five. That's the thing. I don't know if I'll have five, but I'll, I'll, I'll have a working list for you by the end of the show. All man. right. Well, you know, hey, we'll, we'll take whatever you've got. Whatever you've <laughs> got there. Uh, well, before we go into our huge discussion
1: of Avatar, we would like to play this promo from the Aussie Geek podcast. But since we have one of the hosts here, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the show before we play the promo?
0: Oh, sure, Scott. Uh, Aussie Geek Podcast is a podcast by geeks for geeks discussing all things geeky. And uh, we don't necessarily, it's interesting, there's two veins of podcasts when you're talking about geeks. There's one that sort of goes down your route scott where you talk about um you know movies tv books all things science fiction etc and then there's the route where we talk geeky stuff about computers and monitors and hardware and software and the internet and all that sort of stuff and we sort of follow down that route but uh we have a great time and i've got two great hosts and uh, if you want to tune into some other technology podcast that will tickle your geek nerve please tune into the agp here's our promo The Aussie Geek Podcast brings you the best from the world of technology. Each week, Dave, Kate, and Keith, the token Canadian, bring you the highlights from the week's technology news, along with great software finds and the best of the web. The geeks are joined by friends of the show who bring their own unique and global perspectives on the world of technology and the way we live in it. Join us each week for the Aussie Geek Podcast. Subscribe today in iTunes or visit us at aussiegeekpodcast.com. The Aussie Geek Podcast. Bloody Awesome Tech.
1: want to date my
0: avatar she's a star and she's hotter than reality by far want to date my avatar you want to date my avatar
1: she's a star and she's hotter than reality by welcome far. back to the sci-fi diner podcast we are here now to talk about avatar now in case you have been living under a rock and haven't been paying, paying attention to any entertainment news whatsoever avatar is of course uh, the newest and the latest and uh, i guess the return marks the return of james cameron right yeah we haven't seen uh james cameron uh make any movies in quite some time a few documentaries here and there did you see any of those documentaries dave yeah i might have yeah, did, I, I might have but you, you did uh, bit, um, yeah go ahead
0: no, no, I was just going to say, you know, it's no surprise that he has, we haven't seen much from him because as, as you would know from reading the stuff about Avatar, and clearly you've been following it longer than I have, he's been working on this for, for a very long time, so his time <laughs> hasn't been able to be, you know, you don't make Titanic in a day and he certainly didn't make Avatar in a day, so it doesn't surprise me. What were the uh, um, docos that he's done?
1: Um, let me see. I, I did have a few here that were mentioned here. Uh let me see. Oh, uh, I should just look it up on IMDB, but um Did he do one on the Titanic, I thought. He did do one. He did do one on returning to the oh, Titanic. I- uh he did one on I wanted to say he uh and I could be totally wrong here, but he did one on Miles is looking up on IMDB as we speak. But he did one on the <laughs> uh um on the pyramids, I wanna say. Uh on the on the tombs but I, I I could be wrong about that. Uh Miles will, will fill in a little bit more about that. Oh by the way just a, I just looked up a few stats on a box office mojo as far as how Avatar is doing. This movie when we talk about domestic and of course we're talking about uh, the United States total or, or North American total was a 212 million, but that's nothing in comparisons to what it did worldwide. That movie brought in, Avatar has brought in $623 million in its first 10 days of release. That is a heck of a lot of money. He spent, he spent, now granted he spent, you know, half of that making the movie, around $300 million, I think is the latest. I've heard up to $500 million, but I think totals stand closer to the $300 million mark. So, But that's some amazing crap, and it's not even out of theaters, and uh, you know, after seeing it, I want to see it again. Are you going to go and see it again? Oh, I don't know if I will. I say that, but I don't know if I'll have the time with kids and everything else that's going on. But I, I would definitely love. Are you going to go see it again?
0: Uh, no, probably not. I'll, I'll definitely pick it up on 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 video, though. Yeah. I'll defi- well, video. Yeah. People don't know what videos are <laughs> anymore. But you get the idea. Laser disc? Laser disc? <laughs> do you remember those? That's what yes, I, 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 I remember I, seeing one at a video store, and he said, "Oh, this is going to be the latest, greatest thing, you know." And he's this disc on the wall, the size of an LP. I know. I know. <laughs> I
1: actually watched the original Tron on Laserdisc.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, that was that was the one that they actually touted as being like a showcase for Laserdisc, wasn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah. I think that one. And I saw 2001 on Laserdisc as well. So I was I was in high school when that was being thrown around a bit. Yeah, it's too okay. bad it didn't catch on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it did. It did in a smaller format. We call them, we call them DVDs now. And, uh, well, or Blu-ray you know, did. Blu-ray this probably for that. But anyways, so some good stats as far as this this goes. And did you find, Miles, the other documentaries he's done? It's not giving the documentaries. It's, it's just giving the no, – Oh, it's just it just scroll down a little bit. Maybe it gives it down at the bottom sometimes. Yeah. Don't put them in with the uh, fictional stuff. The Lost Tomb of Jesus was one. Uh, Titanic Adventure – Last Mysteries of the Titanic, Aliens of the Deep. So there's a bunch of sea stuff he's done mm-hmm. as well. So He's into the, into the oceanographic type stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm. I guess. Anyways, let's talk Avatar. That's what we're here to talk about and not his other documentaries. What uh, – I almost called you James. How's that? How terrible is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not here. I know. Um <clears throat> Dave, what were your thoughts and expectations? Let's start here. What were your thoughts and expectations heading into the theater? And I'm going to ask this question, and we'll kind of just go around and kind of share share that as
0: our starting point.
1: So going in, before you saw it, you know, knowing the hype, what were your expectations? What were you thinking this movie was going to be like?
0: Well, it's interesting interesting that you say, you know, knowing the hype, because I really didn't. You, you know, as far as marketing goes and movies go, because that's one aspect of this movie that I think warrants discussion, they didn't really market this movie as heavily as other films have been. Like, I can't remember seeing a promo or a teaser for it on TV. I know that it was, a you know, coming to the cinemas and stuff. And the one thing that actually sparked me to actually go and see it was that people were talking about it, and they were talking about it on Twitter. So I, I figured... Well, it's science fiction. People are talking about it, you know. And I'll, I'll go and see pretty much any science fiction movie that comes out that's half decent. So my expectations going into the movie were actually quite, you know, neutral. I didn't have high expectations. I, I I suspected that if it wasn't done well, it would be total crap. Which I think everyone would agree it would be the case. I mean, if if the CGI wasn't done right, if the you know the the storyline was was really weak. If uh, you know it was, it, it really didn't warrant the hype that people of so many people talking about it. It, it would have flopped. Um, but I went into the movie with with no no real expectations. In actual fact, the biggest thing I was worried about was the three D aspect of it because I wear glasses. So um, wearing glasses over glasses is never fun. No. And <laughs> and um I was really sceptical of the 3D. Now, I know 3D's come a long way, but and I think it, it, that also warrants a sideline discussion you, you know, in its own right, but I was actually more worried about the fact that it was 3D. I didn't really particularly want to see it in 3D, but uh, we, we can talk about that aspect of it coming up. But So my expectations, Scott, were pretty neutral. I really didn't know what to expect. I knew that it should be visually stunning. I actually found out more of the facts about the movie and how long they'd been working on it, etc., etc., after the movie because it sparked my interest to go and look. So I don't know. They, they weren't really high at all. But you guys seem to have been following this for quite some time.
1: Yeah. Now just before we go on to uh, what we were kind of expecting in, in Australia did they not
0: show it in 2D? They probably did Okay. but the cinema that we have here locally makes a decision they either show it in both okay. or one or the other. So sometimes you get stuck with you know it's in 3D or, or it's it's not in 3D. So um, certain movies were shown in three D and some aren't, so yeah. it's just sort of luck of the draw. I don't know how they make that decision. Yeah, I, I know our
1: cinema right here uh, showed both side by side. You could go into one theater and see it in standard, or go into the other and see it three D. So we had both really options okay. here. Uh, Miles, what were your expectations heading into the thing? What were you hoping for? What were you looking for? Well, at first, when
2: I first heard about it, it didn't wow me, to be honest. Um, I mean, it did intrigue me because, first, James Cameron hasn't done a movie for movie theaters in quite some time. Um, and also just the price tag on this movie. Um not sure if it's either $300 million or $500 million, but it's probably one of the costliest movies ever made to date. So um, it made me think, and even though it, the, the premise doesn't necessarily wow me at the moment, it's still – it's still – I don't think it's going to be crap either because uh, James Cameron is going to be behind it and he's getting a lot of
1: money to make this film. If it's crap, it's like a 300 million piece of crap.
0: That's, <laughs> that's expensive. Very poo. expensive mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've been, yeah. Made, they've been made before. That's true. I mean, right? Really expensive mistakes have been made before. Oh, yeah. Um, Waterworld. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's what I was oh. thinking. Yeah. Uh, you see, I liked Waterworld. Oh, I liked
1: it, but but it, it, it did terrible at the box office
2: it's yeah. yeah it did it yeah. didn't deserve to do as terribly as it did but yeah. but um then I saw the reviews uh that the reviews were very uh, promising so um my expectations were 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 fairly high was it you know is this movie going to live up to the hype that that you know either you and I have helped to create or or of her elsewhere um and um and for me it did it was I was it was very satisfying
1: uh, yeah. uh to see it. I think for me heading into the theater I had begun to hear people said oh this is the best movie of the decade. And then I began to kind of have a kind of a skeptical look. When people begin to say oh it's the best movie of the decade and stuff and we can debate that a little bit down the road here whether it is or not. But for me going going in I I was really interested in the storyline. Um I was interested in the world and the whole Avatar and uh and just the the world creation which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And so I I was anticipating it. I was not anticipating it maybe quite as high as I anticipated Star Trek 11 mm-hmm. when that came out. Yeah, my
2: yeah, I would same thing for me. I mean my 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 expectation and interest for Star Trek 11 were definitely a lot higher than they were for Avatar.
1: Yeah. So we went and saw it and we're we'll get we'll get we we'll into the nitty gritty about what we thought about different aspects of the movie in, in a moment. But what were your initial thoughts after seeing the movie?
0: My response after the movie, now yeah, I don't know. It was it was satisfying. I, I agree with Miles. I walked out feeling quite satisfied. I felt that I got my money's worth. That was a that I really love long movies that are good movies. I hate sitting through something that you're going. Come on, come on, get going. This thing, this movie didn't. Caused me to feel that way, so I walked out after nearly, well, I think it was three hours thereabouts, feeling like I, I definitely got my money's worth, and that um, it was, uh, you know, I I didn't walk out blown away. I I was blown away by certain aspects of it, but as far as the whole experience goes, I walked out feeling very satisfied. I felt that I'd seen an exceptionally well-produced movie. I felt that. It was um, worth going to see, and and it was well worth my time. I didn't feel the same way that I did having seen The Matrix, for example, which totally blew me away on every level. Um, And and that is kind of my benchmark for being blown away is The Matrix. And if The Matrix is 10, I was probably about a 7 to 8 for this one. So while I didn't walk out feeling mediocre, I walked out – um, feeling very satisfied, knew I'd seen an exceptionally good movie, and uh, really, really enjoyed the experience.
1: You know, talk about a movie that still holds up after time for the most part. It's a Matrix. I just rewatched that. I got it as a Christmas gift on Blu-ray. Still a oh, phenomenal, brilliant. phenomenal movie.
0: Absolutely. I, I actually re-saw it. They, they showed it on pay TV here recently, and I thought, oh, what the hell it's on, you know. Watched it for the 13th time. And, um... <laughs> you know, it's still an, it's still phenomenal. It it doesn't blow me away anymore, which is a real shame because I mean, I mean, I, I literally closing credits of the matrix when it, when, when I first saw it in the cinema, I turned around to who I was with. I can't even remember who it was. I think it was my dad. And I, and I just looked at him and I went, holy shit. And, 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 and and got up and, and just, I was absolutely gobsmacked floored. So, you know, I wasn't, that wasn't like that for me with Avatar. But I think Avatar is, you know, it relies on a, a lot of different features to make you feel like you've seen a good movie. Um, Storyline, I've got to say, isn't one of them. And that's probably the aspect of it that didn't cause me to walk out going, wow. Yeah.
1: Miles, what did you, How? what was your reaction after you walked out? Um,
2: a lot of a lot like 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 David's. Um, I, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I think this movie may have. It doesn't matter. It's making money when when the movie comes out. Um, but it would have done well as a, a feel good summer movie. Um, I saw it with my wife, and my wife is a little more. Let's just say extroverted when we see a movie, and so they're the you know spoiler people. So um, I'm going to t- talk about stuff that happened in the movie when the one the, the one colonel. Gets shot in the arrow a couple of times. My wife get you know she starts applauding and then every, uh, and she gets other people in the uh, uh, audience applauding for it too. So uh, um, <laughs> it was like brilliant. You know, I yeah. love
0: it. I love it. My dad laughs really loud, so that's my
2: <laughs> right. And so um, so it, you know this was a very good feel good moment. It's like yes, finally, you know finally this jerk has got his due. Um, well, we were waiting for that for the whole yeah. movie too. But another thing about seeing a long movie is how long can you hold out before you have to go to the bathroom. And I, I held out as long as I possibly could, but um, there were, I, I, I had to step out for a minute. Unfortunately, the, the, the men's room was right in the, right in the corner, so I, I only missed a, maybe a minute. And I asked my wife, I said, "Did I miss anything important?" She said, "No, it was, you know, when they were sort of
1: strategizing." So, uh, yeah. well, there's a, there's an app for that, Miles. There is, yeah, for the iPhone. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. and called, there's called, also a called,
1: website. It's called Run P. Run P. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, so you can like time when you're actually going to go pee in the movie, especially in Avatar. That's a good app to have.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> but, And you can you can find that website at runp.com if you're looking go. for a web interface. There That's, you go. There you so, go. Can,
1: so if you don't have an iPhone, you can still use this interface. I, I mean it. But, you uh, I,
2: I thought, I mean, as far as, you know, like, like yeah, this movie doesn't hold up to the Matrix. Um, will I go see this movie in, in the theater again? Doubtful. Um, will, I, will I rent it when it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD? Yeah, I'd like to see it again and just see how they made it, see the extras and stuff.
1: Yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably own it when it comes out on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. It's one of those I don't want to own. I don't own many movies anymore, but that's one of the ones I think it would. You know, my my, my my response to it. I loved the movie. It was is the greatest movie you know ever ever told. Probably not, but I I really enjoyed it. It was I was well entertained, and I guess one of the things that. Hits me in a movie as to whether it being good or not is at the end, uh, the theater I was in, you know, erupted in applause. When yeah, the so credit, when the, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, when the credits, and also for yours, Miles.
0: Yeah, and I think my wife might have got it started. I think <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Do you know what Australians aren't like that? I think that's a cultural thing. No. As- Australians don't do that at all. I've never been in a cinema where anybody has clapped at the end of a movie. I've
1: been in a couple. I forget what other movies I've been in. Maybe Lord of the Rings. That happened, too.
0: Oh, I'm so disappointed by Lord of the Rings. Don't get me going on Lord, Lord of the Rings. We won't talk about it. I'm actually a huge fan. But <laughs> well, that's another podcast. Of oh, the movies? The movies? Now, I, I, I love
1: the books. And I, you know... but hey, we'll, we'll, Another discussion. Let's stop. We'll, we'll get sidetracked here. We will. <laughs> we, we, we will. Okay. Well, let's... Uh, you mentioned story, Dave. Let's take that. Let's start, let's start there as far as analyzing this movie. And... And we do not make any guarantees in this podcast about it being spoiler free. So if we say stuff that that the spoils the movie for you, go watch. Stop the podcast. Go watch the movie. Come back. Listen to our review of it. Yeah. So, but
0: tell us. Well, uh, I, I don't think you could spoil this movie by talking about the plot. No, <laughs> probably not because no. the plot's
1: been like told three
0: million times. But. And and not once, but twice in preparation for this podcast, I read a reference. Totally independent websites, totally independent people saying it. Dances with Wolves in space. Yeah, I I, I. I didn't quite see the connection, but anyway, you know.
1: I've also heard the Last Samurai, or also Last of the Mohicans. Yes, being yes. kind of that the whole, especially Last of the Mohicans, a whole naturalistic. Yeah. Um, yep. A transcendental mother earth sort yeah, of thing, type of thing that was going on there. Rule Real respect—you really see that. Really, you do see that in Last of the Mohicans. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Didn't think about that till just now. And probably that's where they where they get with dances with wolves the whole respect for nature and you know people with you know advanced weaponry just coming in and wiping out stuff. But mm. but, but you mentioned you were not that impressed with the plot. Was it because it was a recycled plot you felt, or?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I just felt I'd seen it before. You know, uh, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, apart from visually it being different. I think the story has been told before. I think it's just been told in a very unique, creative way. And it was very hard. I mean, you know, is plot important when you're talking about a visually stunning movie? Well, yeah, it is, because without it's like a podcast that sounds great and and listens well and, and you know, it's got great audio and it's got good special effects. Well, if the content's not there, then <laughs> it's not going to be as good as what it would be if it was. Right. And the same applies, I think, for any movie that you go and see, that, you know, it, this thing could be the most spectacular thing ever made, you know, but unless the storyline holds up. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I don't think the storyline is bad, I think it's done very, very well. I think, I think, you know, as far as plots go and as far as storylines go, I think it's great. I think, um, the aspect of, you know, uh, you know, him being a paraplegic, one well, my main character, Jake Sully, uh, being a paraplegic and then finding new life and new, uh, abilities in his avatar is, is a great route to take for a storyline. But as far as that's it, more of an individual character's, storyline, which I think were actually better done than the overall plot and that of uh, wreak havoc, rape rape and pillage, destroy, you know, and and as normal humans do, take advantage of those that are less, you you know, less capable of defending themselves than they are. You've only got to go to the Amazon rainforest to see that story living out in real life. Uh, Is that a good thing? Well, yeah, it is because it reminds us humans of just how capable we are of such ravaging destruction as what this movie portrays, because that's really what's happening over there, and that's what I thought of when I saw this movie. So plotline for me was, was yeah, done before, done different, yeah, done well, yes. Individual stories, good, yes. Uh, good character development, yes. I think they could have developed some of the side characters a bit more. The main characters, however, well-developed. Hell yeah. yeah! Well done from that perspective. So that's my that's my synopsis of the plot. Uh, originality probably a four, five. Uh, character development probably an eight. Overall, probably a seven and a half. Oh, there you go.
1: Miles, you're taking this story? What did you? How did how did you feel about? I thought it was a little too preachy for me. Um,
2: I mean, um, I mean, I like to you know see the bad guys get it, but it just seemed again corp, you know corporate bad you know uh mm. nature good um the the indigenous population are these you know um uh just just the, the, these great wonderful people um and, and who just respect nature live at one with the land and it, it just it just fe- seems like it gets overdone i mean um I, it, it just see, it's, it, it seems to idealize the uh, I forget the name the name of the beings the race that live on the planet but the uh, the, the Navi yeah, the Navi I just um,
1: I like that name
2: yeah it, it's cool mm. but it, it, it but it also sounds very Indian very tribal
1: um, it does well they were they yeah were
0: w- uh, yeah and um, I don't know but I, the stuff um, Miles you know when they were dancing they were like doing that little song and dance around the tree right yeah. You, you know towards the end of the movie I felt that was a, that was sort of leaning towards Corny
1: you know what I thought at that, that, that moment when they, when they showed I thought okay this is a bit much like I was okay with all the other tribal stuff that was going on I was okay mm. with you know the way the hierarchy of the tribe and the connection to the spirit tree or whatever they called it there was a name started with an E, and I just can't remember it. Mm-hmm. But no. the connection to the tree, I, I was okay with all that. But the dancing was just a was was a bit, and they did it not only once, but then twice there. But that they did the same sort of thing, and and, and you've seen it before, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was like, eh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever.
0: I I felt that they could have done that they without the the, the hoo ha around the tree. You know, I mean, I think that they should have looked at it more scientifically, sort of thing. They should have. You know, not taking the the I don't know supernatural route, but more the the science route. Because the science side of this movie, as far as the plot goes, was that there was an interconnecting neural net between the plants, the planet, and the people, and all that sort of stuff. They could have, because they were involving humans, they could have taken a more scientific route when they were trying to transfer the consciousness of um, uh, what's um, Dr. Grace Augustine. Yeah, yes, uh, played by Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, so you know, I think they could have taken a slightly different route to make that not feel quite as corny. That
2: was why, yeah. my... and she inferred that too. It's like you know, this this is real. You know, it's not this 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 metal that's the uh, scientific find here. It's the uh, you know how the planets networked with you know with 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 the with with the nature with uh, with with the foliage and the trees and all that. That that's that's where the real scientific find is and would have been coolest yeah
1: yeah i agree with you yeah that
2: would have been better too i I would like to if they would explore that more
1: yeah i Mm. i would i would i would agree with that i would agree with that because they do kind of uh the the science here again james cameron did an excellent job at explaining his world i mean talk about uh, a movie that Mm. does world creation well uh, you know, he, he takes time to kind of introduce us to this world, obviously through the eyes of Jake Sully. Introduce us to what goes on, introduces us to why things happen the way they happened on this world. And he doesn't overtell us that, but he tells us enough that it enables us to make the connections in this story. And I thought that that worked well and that James Cameron did do that well when we're, we're experiencing this world that is really quite foreign to us. Um, and in a, a culture that's very foreign to us, you really you really see, in in a sense, you see his documentary style come out through this movie in the way he kind of explains this world, um, or the way he kind of reveals it to us. Maybe it's a better way of saying it, mm. because the world, as you as you mentioned, Dave, was absolutely stunning.
0: Yeah, I'm just that that did blow me away. That yeah. without question, that blew me away. Yeah. My brother was comparing it to. Did you ever play World of Warcraft, Dave? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, don't... hang on! No, no, no. Which? Uh, no, yep. no. I played Warcraft, not World of Warcraft. Okay.
1: So, but in World of Warcraft, there so much of what they were showing us in the movie reminded my brother and and myself yeah. of different zones that you could play in. Anyways, another yep. topic of discussion there. But it was a uh, it was the world creation and then the rites of passage and the way they developed the culture, uh, the, the culture of the Navi was just so beautifully done. I thought so well told.
0: That was well told. I will agree with that. That's that's the individual plot development that I really enjoyed. Well, and don't don't you love that bit in a movie? Sorry, Scott. I, I was fine. just going to say the, the bit in the movie that I in any movie that I see, whether it be The Matrix, whether it be this one, whether it be you know a superhero movie or you know any of those movies, is when the character discovers what they're capable of either hereditarily or you know learning it or discovering their power you know i'm reminded of um uh spider-man when you know he's figuring out his powers and he goofs his way through it this is somewhat similar to that but that part of the movie i love that part of any movie yeah I think um, I
1: sometimes referred to as the the journey of a hero. I mean, this is this is really Luke Skywalker's journey. It's Neo's journey. It's uh, mm. it's, it's Frodo's journey in Lord of the Rings, the books. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you know it, it's Chris Pine's journey in the new Star Trek. You know, as he kind of uh, you know as he takes on the role of, of uh, Captain mm-hmm. Kirk and um, and grows in that. I mean, this is this is really the the, the rite of passage in a sense. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I like I like that story and I like that story in Sam Worthington's character who just happened isn't he is he's Australian right
0: uh, yeah I thought he, yeah I think he is is he the same guy that played in um the latest uh Terminator movie same, that, same is he guy. the same guy mm-hmm. actually uh, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was because you know what I saw it last night. I saw, saw the latest Terminator movie last night and I thought, I'm sure that guy's in, in Avatar. <laughs> but because, because Avatar, so much of it is, is rendered and, and because in the Avatars themselves, there is a semblance of the actual real life character. It was hard, you know, I'm going, I know, sort of know that face. And really that's testament to just how good the rendering and the CGI and the computer graphics generated through Avatar are. Because I was actually able to say, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the same guy. Yeah,
1: it, it is. And by the way, he is not from Australia. He's from uh, Golding, Ming, Surrey, England, in the UK. So
0: okay, because there's a, there's an Australian guy in the Terminator movie as well, and I can't remember who it is. I, I just thought it must have been him because you mentioned you know made the connection. So.
1: Yeah, no, I did, and uh, but I don't uh, I don't know who the uh, who the Aussie guy was in Terminator.
0: No, but. I don't know either. Yeah. Anyways, all right. uh,
1: Let's talk a little bit about the CGI of this movie, the rendering of it. Um, I I I was reading a a good friend of ours that we have had on the podcast for a while did a review. He said he forgot at times that he was actually watching CGI. It was that well done. What's your thoughts on that, Dave?
0: Absolutely, 100% agree. There was one at one point in the movie. Did you actually notice it? And that was at the end of the movie where. The uh, I can't pronounce a name in the movie, but Zoe, is it Zoe Z- 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 Solander Yeah, um, yeah. 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 It, 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 she, she played the love interest, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So w- when she crashed into that, that box, that thing that looked like a shipping crate, and she actually cradled uh, Jake Scully's head. And, and, and that was the only point in the movie that I actually realized that everything else was rendered. It was that was the only point at which I, I actually really noticed it. The rest of the time, it was visually absolutely spectacular. You couldn't tell the difference. Uh, only, I guess the thing that gives it away is you know none of it's real. So right. you know all the things that you could see like the plants and the animals and the the uh, you know the the beings, the Navi. You knew they didn't exist in real life. So therefore, you had to you know as long as you immersed your brain in it you could quite easily forget that you're watching something that was rendered. Right. And, and, you know, it was just, there wasn't, as you
1: said, there wasn't a lot of places where the CGI stuck out as being poorly done. And, uh, and even the part that you, even the part that you mentioned, it wasn't that the CGI was poorly done. It was the fact that they slapped the CGI up against a place that was obviously not CGI. I mean, Jake Sully yeah. is obviously not CGI, whereas uh, Natiri, you know Zoe's character, you know is. And so when you see yeah. that, you and you put them, you know, side by side, of course you're going to notice that and maybe be brought yeah. out of the world a little bit.
0: Now, exactly. It's just a little bit of um, you know immersion versus um, reality. That's all. It wasn't. It It wasn't bad either. It, I, you know, don't think that it was bad. Yeah. Go ahead. Mark. I, I didn't even notice that
2: I'll, when I get the DVD. Um, I'll try to see if. Uh, look at that but i thought for the most part it was flawless um probably the best cgi work
1: uh done anywhere so far yeah and for the amount of cgi that was in that movie it, it really held together well you could tell they spent the money uh, and the cgi
0: oh yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah it's a, it again just a was really well done mm. <laughs> really well done
0: from that i, end. I thought too that the, the 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 mixed scenes were were really good as well not the reason that that one that I mentioned stuck out was because there was direct contact with a CGI character to a non CGI character as you identified Scott, but the scenes particularly when they're in their uh, control room and things like that with the monitors and the, uh, you know, the, the, the 3d uh, I guess model of uh, when I say 3d model, it makes it sound like I'm talking about the CGI aspect of it. It's this actual sort of three dimensional um, representation of the, the surface of the planet right. is uh and they're talking about it and there's like being like you know parts of it going through people and things like that just absolutely stunning and that was really for me that was a real highlight seeing those mixy that 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 you know blending of cgi with non-cgi was just flawless yeah they, they did again they did a real
1: good job with that
0: um
2: i liked uh the the um the helicopters in this movie uh, they were interesting and uh, the halo is that what
1: they yeah the halos uh, yeah
0: oh well, well it just looks like they, out of halo yeah you they, know they the, do
1: they, even even the even the mech kind of looked that way they, they, you know the the parts yeah. well, they, they had a kind of a matrix feel like when you get design and the matrix and the in the two yes. two sequels that we will not talk about um <laughs> but they the, the mech there really looked like halo it looked a little bit like district nine did you see district nine? Yeah, I did. And then yeah. at the at tail end there when the, when the guy's inside yeah. the suit, it reminds well, me very yeah. much of these types of suits that right. people have been playing around with in movies for a while. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't as maybe surprising, but, but it was it was still well done. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I, I thought it was good. And uh, the um, the battle scene, um, I, I don't know if we're ready to talk about that yet. But just, oh, we uh, can. Go ahead. But the, the, the whole uh, – the battle scene towards the end, that was just incredible. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, the Ewoks versus the, uh, you know, the Imperials, but um, that's okay. It was still enjoyable. Um, it, you know, but, but this was on an, even a larger scale than uh, than, than that.
1: Um, yeah, and, and at least they weren't little furry creatures running around in little plain bear suits. Attacking <laughs> no, the Empire. no, you would have been cheering for the Stormtroopers. <laughs> everybody was definitely cheering for the Na'vi
2: um, in, in this, um, but uh, you no know, the battle scenes were incredible um just uh bird like creatures flying around and just uh, call them the dragons i don't know what they really were yeah the and dragon. um those uh, interesting i guess niro- uh, rhinoceros like creatures that uh you know came in towards the end with the flathead with the flatheads yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like I like what, I like what uh, sort of Gordon Weaver said towards the beginning. He goes, you know, you know he's about radio. She goes, I wouldn't shoot it. You're just going to piss it off. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you come and, and, you know, and then these guys start shooting at him and it pisses him off. And <laughs> yeah. they just
0: start, you know, yeah. kicking butt and taking names. I, I, I like where, where he goes, what do I do? What do I do with this one? And she goes, run! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's is
1: fantastic. Even that, I love the way, because, you know, that happens as – as Jake is just uh, Jake Sullivan's character is just kind of exploring the world, and you kind of forget about those creatures until the very end when they bring them back in the, the battle, and you're like, "Oh yeah, those things do exist." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. and, so, and particularly the, um, the just on the animals and stuff, the Scott and Miles, the the conceptual idea of having them with a totally different respiratory system, and I to- you know they in- they actually interface with the animals through them through their hair, which. I don't know. From from what I can gather, is like a, you know, sort of like R three, R two D two had to plug into the mainframe. Uh, a mix between that and um, some kind of phallic reproductive organ. I don't know right. what it was. Yeah,
1: and that was that. They had that one scene that was kind of uh, getting away from the war here, but there one scene that seems to be like where they have mated for life, and it yeah. it was kind of like. It was kind of like this sex scene but it wasn't because it wasn't anything that we would we, it was really recon, recognizable to us.
0: Um, no, and they really skirted around the whole hair thing in that anyway. You never saw them, you know, connect hairs with each other or anything. Right. So right. You, but you kind of, I think think it would have got a little creepy at that point. <laughs> it probably would have probably would have
1: <laughs> I will agree but, that the, I will I will agree that the battle there though at the end was was phenomenal. It was well done. Mm-hmm. Well executed. Mm-hmm. My biggest complaint is with the entire battle and really with the military in general is I felt like the military lines, a lot of the lines that Jim, that James Cameron scripted for this movie that the military said felt very trite and cliched, you know, very typical, typical, oh, here's a drill sergeant. Here's a typical dumb, uh, you know, grunt. Here's, a t-, you know, whatever it is, There's it just a, I felt like some of that was a bit trite for me.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, um. James Cameron m- m- made up these other characters interesting and complex. Um, he could have done that with the military, but the military was very one-dimensional yeah. in this. Yeah,
0: it reminded me a lot of um, oh, what's that? That really, it, it's sort of done in a corny way, but on purpose. Um, they go to the, they go to a planet and they fight those bugs and... Oh, uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, Starship Troopers. Yes, yes. It reminded me of the dudes from that. I'm going, oh, come on. This is meant to be better than that. Yeah. It's meant to be, you know, and, and that's where I think, you know, that's some of the bits that left me feeling a bit wanting. They could have made that, um, y- y- you know, the, 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 the main... Character the the guy with a scar on his face I can't remember his name, but uh, they could have made him a lot more complex than what he was. Yeah, that was I actually, felt that he was
1: that was actually Colonel Miles.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe, it, believe it or not, awesome. Stephen Lang playing him go, but yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah, he awesome. He, it, it was. I felt like um, it, it, on one token they were very one dimensional and they're very they were very you know innocent cardboard cutouts of characters we've seen in a thousand other movies. Um, on the other hand. If we were meant to turn our, if we were meant to turn against these characters and were meant to align ourselves with the navi, uh, he did a great job of not giving us any sympathy at all for them. We really wanted to see those the the, the the grunts except for the one girl that kind of switches sides halfway through. we really wanted to see them you know wipe out the army oh yeah, so and maybe maybe part of that was not developing the character as much as maybe they could have should have or would have.
0: But you'd hate them more if they were, they were more evil, if you like. Cause he could have been like way, way more evil. <laughs> like he could, just could have been far nastier in a far more malicious way, is what I'm saying. Like they made him evil purely by what he was commanding as opposed to what he personally was doing. Cause they could have made him a totally more malicious uh, uh, you know, dr- he was driven, but he kind of reminded me more of Duke Nukem than he did Hitler. And I think if they'd have made him more like Hitler, people would have hated him more. So what you're saying is you want Hitler in this movie? <laughs> no, I don't want Hitler in this movie. What I'm saying is, is that people, you know, you talk about dictate, you know, Pol, Pol Pot, you know, you-, you didn't, you hated the regime, which we did in this movie anyway, because we'd grown a connection with the Navi. Not because they were doing anything the the, the 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 military were doing anything particularly that the military wouldn't be doing anyway like I mean he you know you know whereas if they'd have made him uh, far more uh y- Malignant in in what he was tr- what he was trying to do and and uh, I don't know maybe it would have made the movie too long I don't know or, or or split up the action too much I don't know I just would have liked to have seen him more evil. D- did the movie
1: to any of you guys here did the movie at any point seem long to you?
0: No, no, um, not at
1: all.
2: Only long enough since I had to go to the bathroom. You know, oh the yeah, you <laughs> know, bunch, I was holding it for as long as I possibly could, but no, I wasn't like it wasn't like dang, this movie is too long. It was just like, you know, uh, I just like, I know I'm not going to hold out.
1: You know, and I don't I don't know what part it was, but somewhere in the middle of, you know, his growth, of Sam Worthington's character, Jake Sully's character growing into the Na'vi and becoming a part of that culture, somewhere in the middle of that whole kind of journey he goes through, I found myself saying, okay, this feels like it's dragging just a little bit. Maybe that was just personally me, uh, but I, I, I felt like there was a bit in the middle that, Mm-hmm. We, we could have advanced him, his progression, and still had it seem somewhat real as he kind of grew into the acceptance of the Na'vi. But, I don't know. Maybe
0: yeah, I, 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 I know where you felt that. and I, I could probably say, yeah, you're probably right. But yeah. not in... You know, if you were to remake, you know, if you were say, what are the things you change about this movie? That's probably not going to be one high on the list.
1: No, no. So let's talk a little bit. We mentioned characters briefly and around about what's what were the notable characters in this movie? The ones that you, the ones that you are gonna that you remember from this movie. And you mentioned this especially, Dave. You said it wasn't the storyline; it was the individual character lines or their stories Mm. that actually seemed to. I stand out more to you, who were the characters that stood out
0: well, d- well definitely Jake Scully's character, purely because he's the main one and, and he's the one that goes through this this ec- extraordinary transformation, albeit a willing one because of his physical capabilities as a human were, were in- he was incapacitated. So that was interesting for me, and it was an interesting, you know, even from a medical standpoint, because I have leanings in that direction, uh, in my profession, you know, it was wow, you know, is this what, you know, is this a possibility? You know, lots of, it got me thinking. The other character that stood out to me was the goofy guy that they kind of hooked up with, the other sci- scientist dude. I, I don't even know his character name. I just remember he was the guy who, um, you know, he was helping the navi and he was fighting the guys and he and he like fell out of the helicopter and you know he he seemed like the most uh you know inappropriate soldier that they could find but i kind of grew you know an attachment to that character for his um for his um i, I guess he's he's his compulsion to do the right thing you know there right. was something innately good about his character
1: yeah that was the uh one that, that, that was yeah. th- that was joel moore who is if you ever watched the tv show bones at all do you get that in australia yeah bones. yeah he, he's on bones he's one of the oh, he, he's one yeah. of the side science he's one of the side um aids when they're in the lab he's one of the is, a, a, he, is
0: he the guy with a beard uh,
1: no he but he works with the guy with the beard
0: gotcha. sometimes i think i know and,
1: and if you haven't um, I don't know where you're at with the most current season, but they actually do an homage to Avatar because he's in it. Uh, oh, okay. they, they do some cross promotion there. But anyways, this character's name was um, Norm Spellman.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yes. that's that's the one. That's okay. And and the one that the one that was a total turnoff for me was Sigourney Weaver. Really? Uh, oh, I just I couldn't stand her character, particularly not so much as her her persona in Doctor Grace Augustine, <laughs> but her persona as an avatar seemed quite a matchup of her face while it might have been accurate it seemed really inappropriate to me it, to me it looked like she should have had pigtails and a lollipop in her mouth <laughs> you know, i just i agree with that <laughs> i it turned me off i just i just couldn't i, I just went ah oh. and then the top you know here she was wearing the top and the big boobs you know what's with that
1: <laughs> mm. uh, because none of the now you have that
0: Exactly. It was just bizarre.
1: We know that Sigourney Weaver in pigtails is a fantasy of yours,
0: Dave. No. (laughs) (laughs) All I can see when I see Sigourney Weaver is like an alien popping out of a chest. So look, Uh, you know. (laughs) I know. I know. And that's what she'll always be known for.
1: You know, and I agree. I liked her as Grace Augustine. And I did feel if there's one part that I felt that the rendering fell a little bit. Was when they tried to transfer her character into the Navi that it didn't quite work as quite as well as uh, as Jake Sully or or um, uh, Joel Moore's character Norm Spellman Mm -hmm. as his character did when they transferred their characters in. I thought
0: worked. Totally agree. Totally agree. What about you, Miles? Did you think the same thing? Or yeah, the the Avatar. I I, I agree with you as far as Sigourney Weaver to
2: her Avatar character, although in the face it looked like her it may have been better for i mean it looks like this the, the avatar is like uh her, her her 20 years or 30 years you know maybe it would have been better to make her look a little old, her avatar look a little older um mm. to just kind of um you know show that she's a person of experience uh and profession uh, but she looks mm. like a you know uh, a, a kid running around the forest with the rest of them. She doesn't, you know...
1: Not to mention, she's yeah. supposed to be the teacher of the tribe, and therefore it yeah. would be appropriate for her to be a little bit older. Exactly. I yeah. mean... I mean, the, the, It didn't the, fit. Yeah. No, it didn't fit. I mean, at least with C.C.H. Pounder's character, Moat, who was the the wise shaman woman of mm-hmm. the tribe, her character fit. You know, I mean, you expected mm-hmm. her... I believe it was the mother of, of Natiri, who was Zoe Seldana. Uh, you know her character. You know it was it fit to see her as an old wide, sage type character, but didn't really fit for Sojourney, Sojourney Weaver's character. No, I would have to, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I tell you, I watched uh, Natiri the whole way through the movie and did not realize it was Zoe. Oh, really? I I, I knew <laughs> ahead of time it was her. Um, yeah, you were looking that up on the internet. Quite a
2: few. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to think. I, um. I, I saw that on TV someplace that she was uh, she you know when
1: I talked a little about the movie and uh, I knew her, she was going to be in it but yeah. I just missed her when I went there oh, okay no when I, I went when I when well, I watched it and said oh yeah that's Zoe I didn't make any connection at all probably because I didn't see her in real life and Avatar form okay
2: you know? um I heard she was yeah, you playing you know she was playing one of the, the the Navi and then when I saw her I was like that's got to be her
0: that has to be her mm-hmm. yeah I knew she was so, one of the main characters go ahead Dave. So I was just going to ask, what are the standout characters for you guys, or what are the ones that left the worst impression? Apart, from, like, I mean, we've obviously talked about some that made some impression with you, but was there anything different to what I said? Or,
1: um, I I will tell you one of the ones that I that we didn't mention that I that, that bears mentioning here that I that I liked was Gio Rani Rebisi I'm not yeah. uh, Who played Parker Selfridge? Um, great last name, by the way, Selfridge. Um, but the way the 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 way the character that he plays in there, he did a fairly good job in that character as being the guy that was kind of, you know, overseeing the mining operations. I didn't like him. I hated his char- I hated him as a character. Yeah. But I thought he did a fairly good job and was fairly believable and was kind of a sniveling weasel that had the military at his beck and call. Mm, mm, um, yeah. And so I felt that he, I feel like he's worth mentioning. I feel like Stephen Lang's character, you know, Colonel Miles, uh, Quaritch uh, did a did a did a great job for what he was given. So again, his lines maybe falling flat, but he was your typical video game, you know, sergeant yeah. that you know, you know, like cigar said,
0: chewing bastard.
1: Exactly, exactly. That you know stepped out of you know Halo and into into the into the uh, into the planet that we're on. Uh, And and so I I thought that that was well done. And again, like you said, Sam Worthington's character, Jake Sully, great. Um, I like Trudy Chacon. uh, That was was the girl that switched sides halfway through the movie. She did a great job. um, And so I felt like overall the acting was fairly believable. No one really stood out as being like, oh, this guy's a terrible actor. I didn't think that at one time through the movie.
0: Do you know know my favorite scene with the the cigar-chewing chief was when he – opened the door and just walked out into the atmosphere, which is toxic to humans, held his breath and fired his gun. Oh, I know. That was I know. cool. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, thought,
0: I thought that was kind of, and that was so much him throughout the
1: movie,
0: you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. That really set him up as, you know, like to me, just that whole, you know, <laughs> that whole, you know, cliche persona. Yeah. What do you say? At the, I mean, towards the end, uh,
2: uh it was, um, when when, when Jake Slay said it's over, and he goes, it's not you know, it's it's not over till I stop breathing, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, yeah. uh, till I'm dead, yeah. over my dead body. Yeah,
0: yeah, after and, and after, after
2: <laughs> two arrows in the heart, that finally took care of it. Yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. He finally died. How hard is he to kill? Jeez. Yeah. Well, that um, you know. you know guys there's one aspect of this movie that we haven't really talked about and i did want to ask your impressions of the whole 3d experience
1: oh yeah we kind of mentioned that earlier and didn't miles start with you what's what was your impression of it
0: um
2: if i would have seen it in 2d if i would have liked the film any any more or less um the the 3d you know i don't I, i could take it or leave it i don't i don't know
1: well, I will tell you that the trailers that they showed prior really showed the 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like when I hit this movie that, that it was subtle. It wasn't like some movies just go over the top to show that they're a 3D movie. And I didn't feel like this movie did that. I felt like it was subtle enough that it helped you see the world as being three-dimensional. But um wasn't over the top that you said, oh, yeah, this is clearly a 3D movie. Like I didn't walk out of there saying oh, this felt 3D to me. Mm-hmm. But I, but, 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 when I, but at times when I did take my glasses off, to like where my eyes or something, besides it being a little bit blurry, it did underdevelop the world for me a little bit. I don't know. What was your impression, Dave?
0: You're, you're the yeah, man with glasses. I, 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 <laughs> I'm with Miles. I'm with Miles. I, I can take or leave 3D. If I had a choice to go and see a movie in 3D or not 3D, I would choose to see it without 3D. I don't think... Did it enhance this movie? yes but only certain aspects of it do you feel I the, think,
1: do you feel do you feel the payoff maybe was not there
0: n- was the payoff there or not it's very difficult to say because I haven't seen it without it right but uh I don't think I, I'm with miles I don't think I would be any less satisfied with the movie however I was disappointed by certain aspects of the 3D in that you know it it clearly wasn't shown to you know they didn't choose every opportunity to as you said to to demonstrate the 3d and i appreciated that i appreciated the fact that they shot it in 3d without me trying to make it obviously 3d the thing that disappointed me about it was the fact that probably partly because of that but the methods that they used and this used a whole new technology that hadn't been done before. They actually filmed it in 3D. Um, That was what I read somewhere. I can't remember where. But um, the thing that disappointed me with is that a 3D movie assumes that every watcher of the movie will watch it the same way. And I'm afraid to say that I'm not a typical movie watcher. I don't necessarily watch the character that's right in front of me at the time. I like to look around the room. I like to see what's in it. I like to see how they've done well, I don't analyze it. I don't say well but I just like to I, I watch a movie like I watch my world and I'm a very observant person. I notice things that nobody else does. I uh you know, notice things out of place, um, you know, I notice that there's a coffee mug sitting there. Now, because of the way that this, the 3D is done, in that they force a depth perception. In other words, they make things blurry behind but clear in front, and they use staggered um, blurring so that it brings the front characters out. If you wanted to see what a character was doing behind that, that depth of field or that focus point in the movie, if you're looking at it as layers, you couldn't. You, it didn't matter how hard you try because take the glasses off, it's blurry, you leave them on, they're blurry still. And that's <laughs> part of what created the 3D effect. Having said that, there were a few particular moments in the movie where I was going, whoa, that is cool. Particularly when the ash was falling down oh, yeah. and Jake Sully's walking around in it. That was really special because they weren't trying to do it, it just happened. And because of that, it made it, That made that part of the movie really, really nice. The, um, certain scenes like the, 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 as I mentioned in the control room with all the monitors and the 3D tables and all that sort of stuff. I think without the 3D that may not have been quite as special as what it was or quite as demonstrating of the, the, the amount of technology and the amount of, uh, rendering and skill that went into this. Uh, the night scenes, in the movie where they're walking around the forest at night with all the glowing creatures and oh, the creativity. they're Just one of the most visually spectacular moments I have ever seen on a movie screen was the, 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 the forest at night. Just absolutely spectacular. You might have lost something if it wasn't 3D. But all that aside... I could still take or leave the 3D. I'm not sure. People say, oh, it's the standard. It's the new thing. It's da-da-da-da-da. I'm not convinced it is. I think the majority of people out there feel the same way Miles does. I think they can take or leave it. I'd be very interested to see what your comments are on the the podcast and the comments that people send in because I'm pretty neutral with the whole 3D thing. And if anything, I'm a little bit on the side of negative.
1: Yeah, and if you uh if you are listening to this podcast, please do let us know what you thought. If you saw Avatar, let us know what you thought of the three D, or if you saw it in two D, what you thought of that, and maybe your reasons behind it, and we'll share that on the uh, show. Yes, As yeah, always. I'd
0: be I'd be really interested to hear it. it would yeah,
1: be, uh, it would be kind of cool. You know, I, well, I well, go ahead. What did you think?
0: Oh, I was just going to say, what did you? What, what was your impression?
1: Uh Me, I mean, I, lo- I liked the three D, and I agree with you. The scenes that you picked out really did showcase. Showcase. I thought that the um, the dragons showcase the I don't know what else to call them those bird creatures really showcased <laughs> the three D the three D Weed um, flying thing. Yeah, the, um, you know. So I thought that that was good. That that was nice. Again, a yeah, lot of I, it when, when they're showing the the details of the world James Cameron created, the three D shined. Uh, but again, but, it's, but, you know, but, you, but, but you're yeah. but you're right. It's hard to make that comparison without seeing it in two D and say well does this movie hold up in 2 D just as good as 3D? And
0: it should. It should. Yeah. I would imagine it should. Yeah, it should. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But, you know, you know, I reckon true 3D will happen or true, true technology advancement to the point of, you know, a pinnacle, in my opinion, would be you can go to see a movie and you can choose to see it in 3D or 2D in the same theater. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, people say this is the stand. I don't so. I, I think the standard will be when you can see it either way on the same screen. Right. Don't ask me how to do that. Okay. They didn't think we could go to space, we went there. I'm, wait- I'm waiting until they, till they actually do a holographic projection of a movie. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that that's that. That would be three D without you know having to worry about glasses. That'd yeah, be that'd, cool. That would be that. that, would, that <laughs> that'll would, be
1: the new thing. That that'll be yeah. the new thing. That's up and coming. Up and coming.
0: And well, they, the thing that crapped me. Sorry, sorry. I just had this. I, I just like to say that any cinema that is charging for glasses and then. You have to give them back at the end of the show, which is what our cinemas do here. Sucks. You guys suck. Seriously. <laughs> it's a 3D movie. You chose to upgrade your cameras. Don't use me as your little marketing penny, you know, wheelbarrow to pay for it, you bunch of
1: goons. See, now here they actually, you can keep the glasses, but then they encourage you to recycle them. Yes. They're recycling bin in the back. <laughs> so I, So I could, I could sneak my, I, I, I mean, I brought mine home just because I've never been to a 3D movie in my life till this one
0: what are you doing wearing them around the house I and am. seeing them <laughs> I'm driving with them <laughs> <laughs> a
1: whoa everything's just popping out at me right now <laughs> uh, well we do need to wrap up this portion of the podcast but before we leave Avatar so Dave you rate this movie what out of 10
0: Oh, out of 10 I'd go, I'd go 9
1: 9 Miles your rating of this I'd go 8 yeah, i i am probably I, I'm probably nine. i It's it's a really good movie. It is probably, mm. um, probably, probably the best movie of the year, maybe for me. Mm. I mean, yep. as far as well made, yep. and I like Star Trek. I think probably if I, probably for enjoyability and rewatchability, Star Trek's probably there for me a little bit more. But I enjoyed this movie as a visual experience in the theater. Definitely, if you're going to see this movie, you have to see it in the theater.
2: Oh, most definitely.
1: We're going to take a small break here and then come back and do our Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Dave, I hope you've been preparing. Um, I've
0: got it. I've got got it. it. I've got it here in notepad. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) But before we go, we want to uh, plug another podcast that you've been doing. You've been doing a podcast called Podcasters Emporium. Tell us a little bit about this podcast that you're involved with.
0: Podcasters Emporium is a podcast by podcasters for podcasters, and it really is about making your podcast better. It's aimed at the established podcaster or somebody who's already got a show, and they want to learn the tips and tricks that actually enable you to sound as good as the pros do because you can do it. And uh, James Williams and myself from the Lifestyle Pod Network do that on Podcasters Emporium. We'll be happy for you to join our lovely family that we have there, and it's an awesome community that is so willing to help each other other. We're getting some really great feedback and uh, we should be back in force in the new year. You can find us at podcastersemporium.com G'day, I'm Dave Gray. Are you a new show or a relatively new show that's trying to make your podcast sound great? Then you need to listen to Podcasters Emporium, a podcast that's by podcasters for podcasters. We'd be happy for you to join our community and be a part of what we call Podcasters Emporium. Join myself and James Williams to explore podcasting and all its greatness. You can check out the show at podcastersemporium.com.
1: back after the break, and uh, you've heard, of course, from Podcasters Emporium, but we are now ready to do, Miles, our Sci-Fi 5 and 5.
2: We're, you're Dave's
0: Sci-Fi yeah, 5 and 5. Yep, yeah,
1: yep, yeah. yep. And uh, so, Dave, what did we what did we choose to do? Did you choose, like, top sci-fi movies, TV shows? What did you do?
0: I try and forget the worst things that I've ever seen. Uh, you know, there are some standouts there, but you put me on the spot, as I said, so I've only got the top five in five science fiction movies that I can think of off the top of my head very quickly typing while we were talking Uh, but uh, yeah I've got the top five
1: okay well uh, why don't you go ahead and you can start at the fifth or you can start at the number one I don't care how you do it
0: well, they're not in really any huge particular order, but, uh, I will, I'll try and put them in order for you. Number one, without a doubt, the best movie of the decade, The Matrix. Uh, in my opinion, uh, it towered above any science fiction movie, uh, any attempt out there that was ever made this decade. The Matrix absolutely stand out, phenomenal, blew me away, the benchmark by which all others are measured for lots of reasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the choice. second one on, The second one on my list is Jurassic Park. And, uh, you know, uh, you guys talked about anticipation of movies. And I've got to say that Jurassic Park for me was one of the most anticipated movies that I think I've ever seen. It was the first movie. You know, we've talked about the technological advances during this show in Avatar. The real seed for all of this was Jurassic Park. It was the first movie that was done that involved a bucket load of CGI and that was done well. And, uh, you know, now looking back on it, it seems like a quite a simplistic movie. And the, the flaws in the CGI now, when we compare it to, to something like Avatar, are obvious. But without Jurassic Park and without what was done in that movie, we wouldn't be watching what we're watching now. So my hat tips to the guys that uh, made Jurassic Park, I actually saw it in the cinema in the front row. Those cinemas were packed. I remember it vividly. Saw it in Pitt Street, Sydney. Loved it. Uh, my third movie is uh, would have to be Aliens. Uh, you know, ironic considering that we were talking about Sigourney Weaver. Aliens I saw when I was fifteen years old and uh, probably shouldn't have. It scared the absolute crap out of me. <laughs> uh, and no time since, and no time before then, have I ever been scared in a movie other than that one. And um, wow. yeah, it seriously scared the bag out of me. I was so petrified watching that movie but you know it it stood the test of time in my opinion uh, alien not so much aliens yeah i reckon aliens has stood the test of time could i can i watch it again and again yep and i do i've probably seen it about 20 or 30 times and i love it It, it's it's a great movie i just i've got them all i've got all the movies The, the the this the other one that i liked from the series was the last one with the uh you know on the prison planet which was um You know, I enjoyed that because it was a return to the roots of the movie. And, you know, there were all these different iterations of um, aliens and alien. Uh, The last one on the list would have to be a series. And it was one that I watched with uh, absolute religious uh, regularity. And that was X-Files. And uh, I I think X-Files was really quite influential I think it was, uh, uh, even now, storylines, plots, and ideas are stolen from that original concept of the X-Files. I'm reminded of Fringe. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, if that's not a carbon copy of uh, modern-day X-Files, I don't know what is. And, uh, you know, did I enjoy X-Files more? Yep. Did I think they overdid it in the end? Yep. Did I see the movie? No. um, Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. I didn't. I want to, and I've been meaning to. It's just something that I haven't been got around to yet. But I was so impassioned by the original series that uh, you know I I was just sorry to see you know the one drawback for me for X Files was that it really never concluded. I, I understand the movie kind of does that, but I've forgotten all of the X Files plots. So <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You know it. Uh, that, that that's a great sci fi five and five.
0: Yes, it is. is it? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I like. Does it rank it. up all right? It does. It does,
1: no, and, I, and I would agree with your assessment of a, these the first two movies, and uh, uh, probably the X Files as being a, a show that has impacted a lot of television that has come after. I'm thinking especially mm. of, especially of Fringe. Fringe, by the way, are you are you in season two of Fringe
0: over there? Oh, uh, look, I, I don't actually. I don't get time. I got kids. Oh. So I don't get to watch a lot of TV. <laughs> and I just feel. I just yeah. Sorry, just go on. No. You, you don't know what series. Yeah. No, just, I
1: just that 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 uh, series does actually pay homage at different points to you know almost direct as close as they can directly mention the X Files mm. without getting sued. So,
0: oh, well, that's good that they don't rip it off. But I just realized that's that's four. The yeah. fifth one on my list is Blade Runner, purely because it's a, a classic. Um, it, it is somewhat of a benchmark for us modern day. You know, the people that missed two thousand and one, a Space Odyssey, which I think is total crap. Um, <laughs> Blade Runner for me would have to be the equivalent to which other people view science fiction in 2001. I view it through the eyes of Blade Runner. I think Blade Runner storylines, uh, you know, the special effects for the era, the character development and almost every aspect of what that movie embodies is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a benchmark. It's a standard. It, and it was, it was a fantastic flick.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your five, five and five. And, uh, and I would encourage you, our listeners, if you have your Sci-Fi 5 and 5, it could be best something, it could be the worst anything that you want in science fiction, movies, television, characters, etc. Give it to us. We'll play it on the air. If you send us an audio clip, if you send it by email, we'll just read them out. And uh, you can, of course, send those to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or call those into to us at one 508 4343 and you can attach them as an audio file on Twitter if you want as well, if you're into that whole Twitter thing, that, which is actually where I met you, Dave, right? Uh, that and the shows that you were doing. A lot of, yeah. twi- a lot of Twitter interaction. What is your uh, Twitter handle, by the way, if people want to find uh, you on Twitter?
0: T- Twitter handle is the underscore rooster. Yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> we, ask. Yeah, we won't. We won't. Um, and uh, where else can they find you if they're looking for you on the interweb? They can find me in all the shows that we've mentioned here. I also do another show called Two Schooners, which is also part of the Lifestyle Pod Network and the Aussie Geek Podcast, aussiegeekpodcast.com. And uh, Podcasters Emporium, which we've also mentioned. Uh, you, Skype's probably not worth it. I only come on to record shows. <laughs>
1: yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about Two Schooners, since you mentioned it, and we kind of talked about the others, but didn't. Uh,
0: well, I can I can. You know, Two Schooners was something that James Williams and myself decided to do as a lark. It's become uh, quite a popular show. We're not sure why. We don't. We don't try and be anything. It's James and I myself being ourselves as we review the insanity of the week that was. Uh, no topic tends to be off limits. We uh, have a couple of schooners, which here in Australia are a couple of beers, and uh, we go through our bag of stuff that our listeners have sent us and uh, generally have a chat. So while that may not seem like much in itself, just take a look at the reviews in iTunes. Uh, for some reason, people like it, and uh, we like to say it's a comedy show. So <laughs> It is. It's
1: quite, it's quite hilarious. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, sometimes in the most wrong way, but it's hilarious. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, yeah, it tends to be
0: like that. And uh, just a, a bit of an adult content warning on that one. It's oh, not yes. something you want to sit down and listen to with your kids. Yeah, which the others you could if you wanted to. The others that they yeah, absolutely. Be,
1: but uh, and Miles, where can they find you as they navigate the uh, virtual world?
2: Um, I could be found uh, Son of Worf uh, at Twitter. I also am on TrekSpace
1: uh, Son of Worf uh, TrekSpace. Yeah. And you can find me, Hertzog on Twitter, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G, for those of you that can't spell that, and Sci-Fi Diner as well. Sci-FiDinerPodcast.com is our website. And you can also find us on Facebook if you want to, if, if the places that I gave you are not enough and you want to find more of us, you can find more of us on our Facebook fan page. Uh, but I believe that's about it. And uh, Dave, thanks again so much for being on the show tonight. No problem at all, Scott, any time. And I believe that's about it. Until then, good night and good luck.